Hello and welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire. This week we have a collaboration with Gavin. Uh, so this was released on both of our podcasts and I hope you enjoy listening. Thanks so much, guys. Hey, welcome to another episode of Talking Business. Today I got a good buddy of mine today was able to link up. And today we're actually doing something special. We're doing a collaboration between podcasts. So I'm going to let him introduce himself and let him introduce his show. Hey, uh, this is Cole, and I host a show called Building Your T-Shirt Empire. So this is also an episode of Building Your T-Shirt Empire. Um, and we're going to be releasing this on both of our platforms. So I hope everyone who's new to listening to me enjoys it. Cool, cool. I think everybody knows you, Cole, because you're famous. <laughs> you're, fa- you're the one that went to like every conference. Everyone seems to know both of us. Uh, more you than I do go to a lot of conferences, but more you than, uh, than me. So I tell, I'll tell them a little bit about me and then we could do whatever. Cool. Yeah, man. So, uh, Gavin, Gavin St. George, I own a company that's called Proud T-Shirt, T-Shirt printing company. Actually right now in the process of transitioning, working on a couple of other projects. We'll probably reveal some of that later in this show. Or not. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So been been doing this thing for about six years now. And I, uh, I'm Cole and I own Shirt Agency in Los Angeles. We do um, printing and fulfillment for like bands, businesses, local restaurants, all those kind of people. Um, and we do the e-commerce fulfillment aspect of it for them so that we can ship it straight to their customers. Um, which has actually helped a lot this year because all of our live event printing got slaughtered. So being able to still fulfill for websites kind of kept us afloat. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you, you remember how we met? I always kind of go back to that in my, in my mind. <laughs> it, was, it was me dying on a hill. So that's, what, that's how we met. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just that. <laughs> I learned, I learned that I was wildly out of shape on that day. I was yeah. like, I always told myself like, oh, oh yeah, I'm kind of averagey chubby. Then on that mountain, I was like, nope, no, I would just die in the wild. That's what all that would happen. Yeah, so Cole had went to Haiti um, and we met on a trip while he was in Haiti and we was climbing this crazy mountain. Like, I mean, it was a steep mountain. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of cool. So that's been like four years ago, man. That was kind of cool. It's been actually it's been kind of, long. it's been, yeah, it's been that long. I think wow. so. Three, four yeah, years. I guess. Well, it's 2021. So was that a 2018 trip or a 2017 trip? So if we go back, we know one year passed because of COVID, nothing happened. Uh, yeah, we did, we did a podcast before and that was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. So yeah, just about, let's say three years. Oh no, the phones. Yeah, man. I thought I, uh, I thought I turned off all my phones and I forgot about the phone on my PC. Um, so anyway, I'm back, it's turned off. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so what are you doing now? I know that you're not even like in the States. How have you been changing this year with your business? Yeah, man, it's been, Kind of, you know, we 
it was strange. It was strange. Like when COVID happened, actually, before, if I step back a little bit before like COVID, I was super excited. I had actually had went to another trade show. Actually, I went to ThreadX. You know ThreadX, right? Yeah, yeah. That one's fun. Yeah, ThreadX. Uh, it was like my third time going to ThreadX. I had talked to a lot of people there. I was actually really, really, really excited like for the year after ThreadX. Because in my business at the time, I had like stacked up like maybe like three or four really good months. And I was like, man, we're going to kill it this year. Uh, and ThreadX mm -hmm. came. ThreadX was right before the whole COVID situation. And then COVID came and just, I, I don't know. I, at the time, I didn't think our business could like, you know, survive COVID because we still, you know, we had the rock to pay. We had like our landlord that we had to take care of at the time. We also had an employee, but also at the same time, we was talking to somebody uh, that was interested in like us, like collaborating, join force together. Mm -hmm. and that all kind of happened all, all around the same time. So we kind of uh, started this whole little journey trying to like uh, merge the two companies together. Uh, so that's been, I took a while and some personal things happened. So actually right now I'm transitioning and from my business, selling part of it, keeping the brand, selling the equipment part and not doing as much production. Uh, I think about that all the time though. I think about like, hey, keep the website, keep doing my same sales and just teaming up with a print shop that I can trust. Yeah. Um, the big thing is that control. It's like, a lot of our business ends up being kind of last minute or people, you know, they want something in four days. Yeah. And when you don't own the equipment and you try to force that on people, either you don't make any money because they're going to go crazy with rush fees or they just say no. And then you're like letting down clients that in the past you would have been able to service. Um, so it'd, it'd be a weird transition, but I know that I don't want to grow bigger with actual machines i want to like even if i hold all my machines i do want to get to a place where it's like you know i'm farming out this sublimation job and i'm farming out this embroidery job and whatever and then it feels like you can order all that through shirt agency but i don't i don't really want to expand production yeah yeah that it could get tricky outsourcing if your partner is not good yeah like, that's um yeah. So, but I think if you're smaller, like I was, you, you're more flexible uh, to do so. So I think I had a little bit advantage that way. Mm -hmm. um, as far as just being able to like pivot whichever way, you know what I mean? My customer base was not probably as deep as yours. Um, and if you, if you think about it, if you're a smaller shop and you team up with another smaller shop and you double that their business almost instantly so they could they'd be happy to take you on as like a partner like not a official partner but like somebody that could give them work all the time mm -hmm. so that's been that's been working out on i would say most of the time it works out but there are some time where some customers if you set the expectation wrong like in the beginning where they could just come to you and next day you're doing the thing then it's not going to work out yeah oh yeah yeah, it's all about expectations with clients. I, 
I was reading this uh, post on Facebook because I'm in like the teacher mastermind group or whatever. Yeah. And uh, this guy, most of the people are brands, right? They're not print shops. Um, so this guy posts about how seven different print shops weren't up to his standards and how his standard for DTG is, you know, whatever magic level. Okay. And how he has to have the highest quality because he's going to put his name on this brand. And he said he'd been working on the brand for three years. He'd sampled everything at the brand seven times at seven shops. He had 100 designs that he swore all were perfect. And he'd made zero dollars in three years. And I was just like, dude, I'm, I don't want to be the eighth. I don't care. Like you clearly, you clearly are just a picky person who has no idea how to make money. Because if you want to make money, yeah. what you're doing is the dumbest thing in the world. Like to just make zero dollars for three years because your standards are too high. Yeah. It's like, whatever, dude, you're just like spinning your wheels. Yeah. I think people fall in love with their ideas and like, yeah, you gotta like, there is, there is like this threshold that you gotta pass, but of like quality, but yeah, you gotta like, yeah. You I mean, gotta, you can't like screw up jobs, but yeah. the idea that like, a t-shirt has to be some immaculate thing that like it's like dude you're gonna sell it for twenty dollars so how, how incredible can it really be um i don't know people are just too picky they don't realize that the big brands don't do that yeah i mean the big brands are all about making money man like and yeah i mean big brands they they have like a standard and their clothes aren't terrible but if you go and look at prints at Axon or Hot Topic or something, they're very doable prints. They're not like some masterpiece that no print shop could pull off. They're just, they're just popular licenses. That's why they're successful. Yeah, yeah. So COVID, COVID just happened. What's, go what's going on right now in your business? Like, what do you see? Well, LA was like one of the harshest cities for lockdown. So like all of our bars and stuff, completely stopped placing orders. All the like live event people stopped. Um, and now we're seeing a little bit of people kind of like reawakening. We've seen some events actually happen out of state. So we got some orders because of that. And then we also have seen people kind of like, oh, hey, we're reopening or we're allowed to do indoor dining or whatever. And so they're kind of gearing up for summer. But we still haven't seen that big push of like, hey, I need 8,000 units for this concert, which that's still missing. But I'm assuming July, August, we should be seeing that kind of stuff or hopefully sooner. Hopefully, like, because a lot, if you kind of watch the news, they, people are talking about the vaccine things not working out. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what, what happens. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with the vaccine rollout. Like, it seems like I know that the Lakers, if you want to go see a Laker game, you can now. And you have to prove that you're vaccinated or you have to get a COVID test before you enter. Um, so maybe that'll be the future where it's like you prove that you're vaccinated and then you get to go and have a normal night. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. You know, like the businesses almost like they're gonna force this new world. Like you must have this uh, vaccine card 
Like, what do you, what's your thought on that? How do you feel? I think that the government can't do it because that would get overturned in the Supreme Court. So then it turns into businesses doing it for the same reason that they say you can't walk in, you know, like without shoes on. Yeah. It's just the right to refuse service. So if it's just businesses, I guess I'm okay with it because they do get to do whatever they want. And then if the government actually did it, I think it would probably be illegal. Gotcha, gotcha. You're still doing the live printing. I see you did a re yeah. an event recently. Yeah, because the races are back on. So we get to work for Hyundai again. And uh, it's been fun to actually do things. It's it's weird doing it with COVID, though, because it's like I'm in like this plexiglass jail. So I'm behind plexiglass wearing a mask with other like BA girls wearing their masks. And like then everyone who gets in line has to have a mask on. And then you argue with like one out of every 50 people about their mask. And it's just like, it's, it's not, it's not normal yet, but at least we get to go out there and like do something. Yeah. Anything new for you on your end? You know, this personally? I'm working on revamping the website again. So that's kind of the, the thing for the business is getting the website to the point where I don't create quotes anymore. Um, Obviously, there'll always be bigger clients that need specific quotes because it's like a, a bigger job. But all those 25-piece, 50-piece orders, I just want people checking out as if we were customing. Um, I'm sick of like having us write up a quote a few hours after somebody sends a request. It's just too slow, and it's definitely not the future. So that's kind of the focus right now is getting that like transition to work well and not just be a website that people click away from. Yeah. I know we talked about this offline for a little bit. I think you and I got a similar process, like on the way we uh, do the quoting using like a, a VA or whatever. Mm -hmm. You, I don't know, sometimes in the beginning, I used to almost feel like that was a little secret, a little hack that a lot of people wasn't using. How do you feel about that? And how do you do it? If you want to talk about it. Yeah, I can talk about it. I've talked about it before. So the VA, um, at the moment, I only have one. You have like a little army, but I just have one. I, I learned about it a long time ago because um, one of my buddies who ran a brand, yeah. he was using them for all his like customer service. So he kind of knew the ins and outs of it uh, like in 2013, 2014. So it felt kind of new back then. Um, and I've tried it throughout that timeline where like some of them I just had to stop trying to use. They were just too, I don't know. I mean, I guess it could have been my fault, but it was just too much of a language barrier. Yeah. And then uh, this person, Jan Wan, I've had for, I don't know, maybe 14 months or so. And I love him. He's super responsive. Yeah. He kind of like, he at this point, he totally knows our flow. He's never absent, you know, he's never like just offline and I don't know why he's not there for five hours. No. So it's like really consistent. And he seems to be happy because I pay him over what he asked to be paid. No. And so he seems to be very loyal to the business because, um, you know, I'm not paying him like the bare bones. Like he's making more off of me than he could from other businesses. So I think he's really comfortable in the position. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, he's doing great. I mean, the biggest thing is trying to use them on the phones doesn't always work just because people are kind of like judgmental. I don't know if it's a racist thing or if they're just like, I don't know what it, I don't know what it is, but nah. customers seem to not do well with it. And it's just kind of like, yeah, I don't know what you're supposed to do, but online with emails and stuff, he's amazing. Yeah, I think like, because, you know, back then, like there was a wave of all these corporations going overseas. Every time that you'd call AT&T or whatever, you'd get this yeah. with a like with an accent. And I think people was just turned off by, by that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, like probably on the phone, if you're having a VA, unless they got like perfect English, it's not a good strategy. But everything yeah. else, everything else they could do, emails, like doing a little research here and there, like that takes up a lot of time and a VA could easily do that. Have you ever used one of those services like Osh or Ruby? Yeah, I actually did. Man, you put me on. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, you had put me on to Ruby like two years ago. I don't know, like a lot of time when, when people talk, I just kind of just pick up on the thing they say and I just, I go and try it out. Hey, are you still on it or did you, or you're just answering your own phone now? So we, no, nah, I'm not on it anymore, but we kept it for, we, we had it for over a year. Yeah. And then it got to the point where I didn't need it anymore, but it's actually a real good strategy. If you like, especially if you're building like a small company, mm -hmm. they instantly make you look big because somebody's always there all the time. Answer your phone. They always professional. Um, Whatever, and it it worked out pretty good for us. Like, but you just gotta struggle. You just gotta. In my, uh, in the beginning, I didn't like think it, think of it in in advance where I had all the steps properly lined up. So sometimes things would uh, get missed. But once I create like a workflow around it, and like cleaned up the little worksheet that they have you fill up, and it worked out great. Yeah. Yeah, I think if I was on press, I would still be using it. Like if I was actively printing all day yeah. and I couldn't be distracted by phone calls, it would be really good compared to not having to like hire a front salesperson. Yeah. So if I'm starting a print shop today, like knowing what I know now, oh God. So I'm not I, starting a print shop. Huh? <laughs> if I know what I know now, I'm not starting a print shop. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I probably, I, I would, I would, like. You'd just, actually buy equipment? No, uh, say what? Well, you would you actually buy equipment? Because that's, that's a print shop. Yeah. If you're just going to resell apparel, that's it. No, I, 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 like, if I, let's say I'm a young guy, no, no family, right? Um, like, no wife and kid or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I would as long as you have the right mindset going into it, like the thing is you're, when you first start out, you just, you, you're thinking about printing t-shirt, but you're not thinking business, business wise or business E if you want to call it that way. Like, mm -hmm. So if you structure it in a way where, for example, you got, uh, well, first you start just uh, get a couple of customer, like a couple of customers just pays for everything, like two or three decent customers pay for everything. And then you could have the phone system that you just talked about, have a VA, and then just have the all the uh, tech tools in the back that could just help you out. You could run a really good business. You could make 
two, three hundred thousand dollars easy if you set it up properly. And it it won't feel like I felt like my whole journey it felt it felt hard because it was the first time I was doing it. But now if I'm looking back, I'm like that should have been a lot easier. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it, yeah. Yeah. It should have been and I I think in the beginning I talked to you about one project I'm working on. One thing that was really hard for me in the beginning was like doing designs, doing artwork. That felt really hard because like it was something that was new to me. Like I had to learn Illustrator, which I did. I had to, you know, and then I tried to find people all over the place to kind of help me out uh, doing artwork. Artwork just took a long time for me to do in the beginning. So um, yeah, like knowing what I know now, I find somebody that could help me out with the artwork and just do, just do the one or two things. Yeah. Yeah. The artwork is, is difficult for a lot of people. When we teach the class, that seems to be something that people always want to spend more time on. Yeah. Uh, But it's one of those things that it's, you, you can learn it for free on like YouTube or whatever, and just kind of grind it out. But you can also have somebody with the skill doing it for you at like a pretty reasonably low price. And then you just bake that into your print costs. Um, so it's just something to balance out. I mean, I always knew the software. I, I knew it when I was in high school and stuff. So yeah. for me, that part's kind of been autopilot, but I know a lot of people get stuck on it. Yeah. Even if you know the software, like in your case, which is a big advantage, uh, most people won't. Um, but if you notice the time that it takes, you're running, yeah. running a business, not you know what I mean? Uh, at the end of the day, you got to focus on the one or two activity that makes you the money, which is in your case, probably just what talking to the customer and getting that sale. Yeah, I mean, the best use of me is just getting me on a phone call with somebody and just letting them know that we're not going to be morons. I mean, it, that's kind of what a lot of sales is. It's just giving people confidence. Exactly. It's like, we won't screw this up. Here's all your answers to all your questions. And then if they think you're not a moron, then you normally will get the sale. Because it's not really like we basically are doing a commodity service. You're just putting ink on a shirt. We try to pretend that we're premium and high end and all that crap. But for the most part, we're doing what everyone is doing. It's just we're not doing a super horrible job. So it's kind of like, you're just explaining to people like, yeah, we'll hit your deadline. We won't use garbage inks. We won't have employees that hate their lives print badly. <laughs> you know, it's like just doing a decent job is somehow the premium version of the business. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. And that's, I think that's where a lot of uh, screen printing shop, like as far as the owner, if you like, that's where you should be uh, situated in that role, just kind of giving people confidence about your business. Um, but I don't, in the beginning, I, I wasn't doing that. I was printing, I was on the, call, on the call, I was doing artwork. I was, remember what you asked me one time and that, were you going to just these networking events and just standing there? <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing that, I was going to networking events. <laughs> It's just standing there. <laughs> so, 
So, um, yeah, man, um, just finding your spot. So I've been working actually on this uh, little project. We may come out with it soon. Uh, right now I'm actually interviewing uh, just a lot of friends that I have in the industry or just people that I know, just to see mm -hmm. if it's a good fit uh, for people. Um, where, you know, like starting our business, we was able to like build up this nice team of like graphic designers and they've been with us for a while. So I was like, hey, um, you know, there's something there. Like, I don't, I look around in the industry. I don't see that like, there may be other folks that do it, but like an agency for some, uh, that could take away all that pain of like doing artwork, right? From start to finish, doing all your, pretty much like turnkey, doing all your mockups, your vector, your uh, print file, color separation, all that do it like in a smooth way. All you had to do is like just print, uh, click a button and print. Mm -hmm. So that's my, that's a little challenge to me. I'm thinking I'm going to take that on and see what I could do to help out some uh, screen printing friends and screen printing buddies that I have. And when it's ready, it'll be offered to everybody else. Are you, are you thinking that you're going to offer actual graphic design too, or is it give us finished art and we'll do the separations? So in the beginning, it's going to be that, what you just said, give us finished art, we'll do that. Uh, our guys is like strong enough where you could do uh, the graphic, uh, custom graphic work. My main thing right now in my head is more about process and being able to like do it in a clean way. Mm -hmm. If I can't do it in a clean way, there's a lot of back and forth. I don't really want to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we don't we don't publicly offer graphic design to our customers because I feel like the people that don't have their art ready are normally the biggest time sucks. Um, so like if somebody just needs us to size something or make color changes or whatever, we always do that. But um, when people come and they're like, hey, I have some great ideas for T-shirts. I want to start a line. I'm like, great. Well, why don't you make those ideas with someone else and then we'll print them? <laughs> Because it is, it's like a, an amazing amount of back and forth. And then you can do a professional job yeah. and then they just don't like it aesthetically. And then you're trying to argue with them about how they have good or bad taste. It's like, forget it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all custom works are like that, right? Custom work is so subjective. Like mm -hmm. what I like is not what you like. You know what I mean? So there's always that room that you got to go from way over here. You got, then you got to try to bring it in, bring it like, um, so custom work is hard uh, just because of that. It's too many. Yeah, I feel bad for like freelance graphic designers where they're always trying to keep individual clients happy. Yeah. That would be uh, an exhausting way to make money. Yeah. But I think there's a problem in the industry, just like getting from getting like, a, yeah, you could get the artwork, but like do it in a clean way where you could just scale up your business and you could have a shop where you're printing 20 jobs a month, 30 jobs a month, or 40 jobs a month, mm -hmm. where you just come in and you just uh, click a button and just print your films or you, you go to your machine and just print it out, where you don't have to worry about the artwork. I think there's a lot of like time that's being wasted in that. Uh, yeah. And if, if we, I think we could do something about it, so I'm gonna try it. Yeah, I think you could do it. I mean, you could even, yeah, I think it'd be really, as long as those PDF files are just print ready so that anyone can print it, would they still have to like purchase AccuRip 
to use your files and then print them? Or would you just like create files that could come out of any printer? Yeah, that would be that file. It could be, so right now we're working on just getting all the workflows. I don't want to introduce anything that's going to be clunky. Of course, it's going to be just like any startup that you start, right? In the beginning, you're not going to have all the answers and I don't pretend to have all the answers. Uh, I do feel confident with my guys' ability to just create art uh, and do it in a clean way. Um, but like, I also want to make it where we could customize it as best as possible to the shop, right? To the way that they like to work. Most shops, they already have a way that they like to print out their films or whatever. Or print mm -hmm. out. So we'll, once we get more data, so in the answer to your question, yeah, we'll do both. It would be really sick, especially like if, I like the idea of a insanely sick, like one person shop and how you would optimize for that. Like if you had the money to get the right equipment and you had a CTS, right? You had a like screen washer, like those really crazy ones from Lotus that are like 60 grand or whatever. You had one auto, like maybe a eight color or a 10 color. You had your dryer obviously, but then everything else is other services. Yeah. So you have like VAs quoting, yeah. you have like Posh or Ruby answering your phone. Yeah. You have uh, just you on the press or your only employee is the person on the press. Yeah. And then you just have this system where it's like, we, we print for eight hours a day. And that's all we do is print for eight hours a day. And then whatever we can output, we output. And that's, that's the whole goal is just like, one press in a tiny building, just like running. Dude, like that actually, I had hired this guy, right? And I love, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about, I love working with this guy, right? And it was kind of like, like shocking to me at first because I was like, I just needed somebody at the time because we had got like a real big order. I was like, and then we're starting to get busy. So I didn't really like, do a thorough like vetting of this guy like I should have done. And it's crazy because I have a background of like business management. I was a GM for a major corporation. For, so I know interviewing and stuff like that. But at the time I was like, I just need a body. Let me just interview this guy and see what happened. And I interviewed, interviewed him. I liked him in the interview. I was like, hey, you want to start? He started. I mean, this guy was, I was like, like three months, three to three, let's say three, six months into the relationship. I'm like, this guy is like amazing. Like, I can, <laughs> yeah, I give this guy my, the, the keys to the shop, hit coming. He didn't, the one thing he didn't. You're like, like, here's my wife, my kids, I, you got it. <laughs> yeah, well, not, not my wife, not my kids. <laughs> but uh, as far as the business, yeah. I mean, I just, I just really liked it to do it. And my whole yeah. idea in my mind was like, all right, it's gonna be me. My wife and this and this guy, right? <laughs> like really, that was my mind. Just like trying to optimize the business as much as possible. If we um, like only take amount the amount of work that we could handle, and um, you know things happen. Like cash flow got really bad. That you know I was struggling to kind of keep them on and stuff like that. So I was like. You know, and and he still wanted to be with us, but he had bills to pay. You know what I mean? 
So that didn't work out, but that would have been like a dream scenario right there. I, like, I don't, you may need a big team depending on what you're trying to do, but I, I personally like smaller businesses where, you know, you just get, you know, you could, like you create, you just create a vibe around the business. You know what I mean? The more people you add on it, you, you start losing the vibe. That's kind of how shirt agency functions. Like we've, we've fluctuated our staff from everything from me being completely alone in a, in like a tiny little room to like 14 people and then shrunk it back down. And there's this sweet spot at like eight employees where it's like, let's just not grow. Like if we, if we can just have eight people all be chill with each other. Like right now, this team, every single person knows what they're doing. None of us piss each other off. There's no new hire that we're like trying to teach or trying to not fire because we can't tell if they're dumb or if it's our fault for not training them, you know, like all that, like when we went up to like 14, 15 employees, I felt like our core team was the only people making money. And we had just brought in seven assholes and we were, it's like, I just had no idea what was going on. Like they were, I didn't know how to use them efficiently, but then there's these people that are like in the heart of the business that especially with COVID, I think a lot of companies went around and said like, listen, you're either essential or you're just dead weight. Like, and there's a lot of companies that they took COVID as an excuse to lay off like 30% of their dead weight. And all they did was maximize profits. They didn't limit their output. They just got rid of people that really weren't doing that much. Yeah. 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 A small, a small business brings a like a nice vibe that I like a bigger, the bigger you get, you start to lose control, especially as like a small business owner. The owner, well, or you start hiring people to be mini used. Yeah. So it's like I probably the biggest reason me, I I wasn't able to do like fifteen people, was that what I really needed was like another me managing just the shipping team, and then another me managing printing, and then a third me doing nothing but sales. So it's like three me's instead of what I was doing, which was just like, uh, like, and so I couldn't, I couldn't actually be good at anything with that team because I needed more managers or supervisors or just people that were responsible for their own crew. Yeah. And when you hire fast, you don't really hire smart. You're just, you're meeting someone for 20 minutes and then you're like, okay, I guess you're in. And it's like, it's really difficult to make that matter especially in screen printing because you can't pay someone 30 bucks an hour no. so you're not going to get people that are like amazing applicants you're going to be like hey i can give you 18 an hour or whatever and you're not going to get like the best of the best for 18 an hour in la it's just not going to happen so it's hard to find people that are like good consistent workers at that price point but also if you raise your price too high you'll never even get an order because how would you ever make money if you paid 30 bucks an hour or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Any questions for me? Uh, What do you think is gonna happen going forward with the way you work? Are you, I mean, right now you're so remote, you're in another country. Is that the future of work? Like, 
we're never going to do things in person again? You're not, are you worried about not having a brick and mortar presence? Yeah, I think that, I mean, like for example, my wife, she's been working from home even before this whole thing. So it's, it never felt weird to like work from home or make money from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a lot of the new kids nowadays, they're gonna grow up to be like, I don't need to go to an office to make, as long, well, if you are in the, uh, in the information industry type of whatever, right? Like, cause there's a lot of people that does just like information stuff or anything that you could do just digitally. You don't need to be like stuck at one place, right? So I think that's gonna be, and I think people are just gonna accept that more, like the your clients or whatever. Cause before it'd be like, well, I need to see you at a shop or something like that, right? Right, everyone just, wants to come in for a meeting. Yeah. I mean, that's still there because you, I mean, in this, t- in this type of business, customer want to see the shirt and feel the shirt. Mm-hmm. And that that is like a risk for somebody that choose, let's say, outsource uh, uh, printing or whatever. You're going to lose some customers and customers not going to. Uh, but do you think the answer to that, if, I mean, if you've saved all this money by not having the overhead of a building, is the answer to that to just have like a thousand dollar a month sample budget? So anyone who's like, oh, I need to see quality or touch something, it's like, okay, what's your address? And they get a package a day or two later. Yeah, yeah. Cause um, like you said, yeah, you're not you don't have the expense of a rent, you don't have the expense of equipment or whatever. So you just gotta use all that free cash that you have to service the customer other ways. And yeah. I think benefit of say working from home or just let's say it's not even home working from a co-working space or an office and you like and maybe even an office in your like for me as a small business it was like I was tearing myself up like running and go going in the back and checking like an approval ordering this ink doing this doing that right which is um you know that's part of running the business but if you could just focus on just servicing the customer, your customer service, like the few customers that you do get, yeah. you could really take care of those people really well. Cause like, and they'll feel super appreciated. I mean, they'll appreciate you for that. So yeah. it's, it's like you lose some customers because customers won't want to deal with that. And you, but you'll gain like real good customers. Yeah, I agree. And, and having those like, customers that they're not even buying from your company they're buying from you yeah is like amazing to be able to just like know that they fully know you personally and that you have this business relationship that's reliable um it's hard because you don't want to offer that to everyone (laughs) like you don't want to offer that to the guy that is doing 30 shirts for the first time you don't want to have him texting you You know, you just want to have him in like the McDonald's version of your business where you order and you get it. Um, But when you do make that transition with a bigger client, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Yeah. If you could carry like, in my case, you could carry four or five really nice client that orders regularly. That in itself could like take care of you. Like anybody else that comes along from 
uh, them referring or them finding you is like just almost bonus. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those referrals are great. Sometimes we get people who just come out of nowhere and fully trust us, and it's awesome. Yeah, and it's almost always a referral. It's not that they found us on Google. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> talking about Google, because you know I like to research the people that I'm going to be talking to and the and the podcast. So I did a mm-hmm. little re- I did a little research on you on your company. Uh, I saw somebody jack you up on on a Google. Well, you have a high rating on Google. Like your company is doing a really good job. Not sure if you want. Did you see that somebody like? We're gonna edit this off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what did they do? What? It's a review. Yeah, it's a review. It's a review, and it was like um, uh, they had mentioned your name. It was like, oh, I'm gonna call uh, Cole or something like that. I was like, damn, this guy's put you on blast, bro. Oh, he actually said he was gonna call me. Yeah, I stopped reading reviews like. I couldn't care. We have some reviews on there where people like, they're like, I tried to call three times and no one answered. One star. It's like, what? Like we were busy, didn't answer our phone and you're leaving a one star review. Like you didn't even order an item. Or like some people will be mad about our price for a custom order and then we'll get blasted on a review. And it's like, yeah. I can't I can't read this stuff and care. Like it's too... I don't know. I mean, I, I guess if I was a bigger company, I'd have to have somebody like deal with it. But I kind of just don't give a shit. That's kind of my attitude about it. So I just don't even read them. Like I if it when I get the notification in my email, I normally just delete it and don't open it. I don't know what anyone's saying. Yeah. So like, like is that a personal personality thing? Like, or you just got a lot of experience like running business because you got this almost like vibe where like, like you just said right now, I don't care. Or you just like straightforward or whatever. I think I just, I just, I know that we're not like some like crap shop. I think that's what it is. So it's like, since I know that we're not ripping people off, we're not, we're not doing anything that's like bad quality. And I also know that everyone who has a real complaint who talks to us, we either reprint or we give them uh, like a discount or whatever. We always work it out somehow. Since I know all that, the idea of caring about Yelp or whatever is just, it's a total waste of time. I guess I have a natural like uh, attitude of just not caring, but, (laughs) but especially with something like what people say on the internet, it's like, it's just not even real, you know, like I still have customers every day calling. So I'm not really concerned about how like Samantha was upset. My my phone didn't get answered. All right. So you heard that, Samantha? Samantha, you're, I'm coming for you. Yeah, man. All right, cool. Hey man. So, um, I lost my train of thought. So, um, yeah, you ask me a question, I'll get my train of thought back. So uh, let's see, what's the best automatic? <laughs> Skip that question. <laughs> we'll just end this podcast now. <laughs> I think that's the only question that matters. I get those questions, like people ask that kind of stuff. 
And my general thought on it is like the best automatic is the one that you can afford and it's reliable. Yeah. If it's reliable and it's a 1998 MR and you're still making money on it and you have zero payments because it's old as fuck. Yeah. Like it's like cool. Like just yeah. keep making money. Like the whole point of the business is making money. Yeah. And so when I see people go and they get like $180,000 worth of gear and it's like, okay, you went from a manual to $180,000 worth of auto. You have no volume to justify it. And you're going to keep telling people about how like you've got your new building or whatever. Like, why didn't you just get the volume and outsource it and then justify a press that actually matters? I think people treat presses like they do cars. Like you just need a Corolla to get to work, but here you are living with your parents driving a Cadillac. And it's like, what's going on there? Like move out of your parents' house. Yeah, no, you're right. You got to just focus on sales first. But as far as, as far as like uh press, I mean, obviously you got a rock, um, you know. Three rocks. Yeah. So I like the rock. I like, I like the rocks, but I just I don't understand the massive prices on some of the rocks. Because I have an eight ten, a six four, or I think it's an eight four actually, and then a um, the little nano, which is like the kid kid board sleeve boards one. Yeah. And uh, all of my presses combined, maybe a hundred and ten thousand. Got it. like total that I've spent on all presses combined but other people will have one single press 135,000 and it's like okay but I can output more, more than you like the way you allocated your money and the return you'll get out of it uh, is worse you know like sure you might have a 16 color but how many 16 color jobs are you going to be running exactly yeah. you know like people they they overdope their equipment it like those Lotus Holland screen washing machines, they are cool, but if I'm gonna pay someone an hourly rate anyway to clean screens, even if they're just loading it on that machine, what is my ROI on them cleaning the screens on a dope machine versus putting it in a dip tank and then just rinsing it with a power hose? It's like, there's almost zero ROI to that machine. So then you have these really cool print shops that are tricked out but also like how much of that money could have just gone to employees and profitability you know and instead you're like just giving the money to Ryan it or whatever so it's like there's a balance there that a lot of people I feel like they're overspending and they're forgetting that you know especially in a downturn you don't want this amazing amount of equipment and overhead because if you do have a downturn in your business um having the dopest equipment won't generate any cash flow yeah i mean i, I haven't had the opportunity or have it to you know upgrade like that like upgrade to complete automation i mean that's right. it felt i mean it feels like it would be the right thing to do but you'd have to look at the numbers i don't i'm not sure uh, i mean i think that if you're doing it if you're blatantly doing it to fire people, then I can see the argument. Uh, so, I, hey, I've got a team of 10. With these three pieces of equipment, you can drop your team down to six. 
And it's like, okay, I'm going to fire four people. That'll save me on their salary. Therefore, the equipment was worth it. But if I'm not going to fire people and I'm going to have a team of 10 after, and my team of 10 outputs the same number of shirts at the end of the month, and the equipment did nothing but make us look cooler, I made no money. I just lost you know, 60 grand on one machine and I lost 40 grand on my CTS because me printing a film out and walking over and burning it is not like that hard. You know, like I don't need a CTS because we're gonna output the identical amount of shirts. It's not like we're spending hours putting the like film on the exposure unit and then pressing a button. Like that's not killing us on productivity. So I don't understand the commitment to like wildly expensive machinery that I don't see any provable ROI on. So I would love to see the comments from from Rock from Ryonet. Come at me, Rock. <laughs> from all the CTS uh, folks. Oh God, please leave a comment and prove Cole wrong. <laughs> I mean, I've talked to Brett and stuff about it. I, and I, I absolutely do believe it's dope and it's a, it is a better way to do it. I just, I'm not going to put my money in it. I could put my money in, in, I don't know, like stock or something like what, why, why am I going to put my money there? I could put my, I would, I would buy like a new company van or something before I would buy one of those machines. Like I could get a dope sprinter that's all vinyl wrapped with uh, the ability to deliver all over town and do live printing events for the cost of a machine washer, like a screen washer. It's like, I'd rather have like a sprinter with all the branding and all the abilities it would open up to me. I just don't want to put my money there. Here's what you should do right now. Uh, print a shirt that has a target in the back and wear it to the next trade show. <laughs> Because you know what's going to happen at the next ratio. They, they, they've heard all this crap from me. They're not surprised by this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it is well made and I understand the cost. I, maybe I'm, my shop's not big enough. I mean, I don't know. People like Justin at Barrel Maker, he like swears by it. And it probably does make your life better, I guess. But I just don't see it changing your output. It doesn't change your gross volume. Yeah, I don't have any experience with those things. So my opinion on those are just that opinion. So, yeah. So um, how can people get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you or do business with you? I guess, uh, it, I guess it's, it's often, sure is it only business people that listen to this mainly or industry people? What, to mine? Or yeah, to podcast. I mean, I... I feel like the vast majority of people listening to mine are like probably print shop owners. I think I don't, and nobody ever tells me they listen. I know I don't know who listens. I just see downloads, but uh, yeah, I think it's mostly print shop owners. Yeah, well, I guess if you want those print shop owners to reach out to you, uh, yeah, I mean it's just shirt agency. So shirtagency.com at shirt agency or just Google shirt agency. Yeah. Um, and then I have my own Instagram, which is Cole L. So that's just, you know, a whole bunch of t-shirt stuff too. I don't really post like my actual life. 
but I do. So you could actually, actually this project I'm working on, I'm actually gonna be documenting a little bit of it, like give people a little bit of the back end. If it, if it works out, great. You know, I'll be building it and you guys can see it live. So go and follow me and just see at Gavin St. George uh, on Instagram or at Proud T-shirts. I'll still put some stuff in Proud T-shirts. So yeah, go check that out. Perfect. Well, thanks for having me on. Thank you, Cole. And thanks for being on Talking Business. And thanks for being on Building Your T-shirt Inbox. <laughs> All right, bye.